Hey everyone, welcome to the New City Church Podcast, and welcome today to episode number 18 of Ask Pastor Joel. Each week we take questions concerning the previous week's sermon from New City Church, or just a burning biblical question that's weighing on someone's heart. And of course today I have back in the studio Pastor Joel. Of course. Of course. I'm here. <laughs> you know, I really gotta... You need a new line. I, I need a new line. You could say, welcome to the New City Church studio. Ooh. And here we have Pastor Joel. <laughs> no, I that wasn't very original. You could say, you could just say nothing. You could just say, here's the, here's the question. I could do that. Come I'll, on. I'll have to figure that out. All right. All of our listeners need to chime in with good intro, a good intro for, for Austin. That would be great, too. If, yeah. you, if, you have, if you have the best intro, like you think that would be just perfect, text that to me at the, with the number that I use at the end of this episode. Anyways. <laughs> nice. I was going to say, do you at least have a prize for them if, they, if you pick the one? No. No free, prizes. Free pie from Cafe Crumb. I don't know. Whoa. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> All right. Are you let's ready get into question? it. Yeah, man. Okay. Let's do this. So the question this week comes from Kayla. And her question is actually a follow-up to a question back on episode 14. Um, and her question is, what happened to Lazarus when he was dead? Where was he for those four days, and how is that different from people who die on the operating table? Mm, good question, Kayla, and uh, thanks for doing the follow-up, because, um, yeah, it's an interesting question that we were able to talk about, and uh, Lazarus does present a kind of an interesting and unique issue. Um, and so we'll see if we can tackle that and bring some clarification. So, again, as Austin said, this we had a similar question Um, we answered the question was specifically, can you die and go to heaven and then come back to earth was episode 14. And then this one uh, on the tail end of that. So this one's different, um, because answering this question is different than the last, primarily because we're actually dealing with a historical account of a man. Um, the last question was fairly theoretical, but we have an account of a man named Lazarus, that Jesus raised from the dead, an actual historical account. So we have to handle that as such. And this account that makes it even more interesting is that it took place prior to Jesus's death and resurrection. So the last question that we answered theoretically was all based on the fact that it's in our current day. What happens to people now? Can they go to heaven and come back to earth? But that's post the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So all of this is taking place prior So how do we deal with that? So scripture tells us that before Jesus paid for the sins of his people, that there was no access to the Father in the sense that we have today. It was was Christ that made the way to the Father. And when he ascended, uh, places like Hebrews tells us that he entered into the Holy of Holies that perfect image of the Holy of Holies that Moses recreated, the Holy of Holies in heaven, Christ entered into that place, the throne room of God, the presence of God the Father. And through faith in Christ, we too now can go there to be with the Father when we die. That all is a blessing and a benefit of those who trust in Christ now after his death, burial, and resurrection. It wasn't always like that. Before this way was made, before Jesus entered into the Holy of Holies at his ascension, Before our sins were paid for, the question is, what happened to those who died? So we can think about that in terms of Lazarus, because this was in that time frame. 
Scripture tells us that people went to one of two places, and this is an Old Testament study, and I would encourage you to look at it because it's not going to be exhaustive in this episode for sure. There was a place in the Old Testament that is described as a place for the righteous and the unrighteous, and it goes by several names, Hades, Sheol, and the place of the dead, and there's not a whole lot of details really given. What's crazy about this topic is Scripture doesn't really tell us a whole lot about it, what it's like, um, but we do have enough to, to go on a few, um, to be able to answer a few things. We know that Scripture speaks of all the dead in the Old Testament going to one place, and it was called Sheol. Whether you were um, righteous or unrighteous, you went to Sheol. Now, we believe that God gave rest specifically, to those who died trusting in the coming Messiah. And this is consistent with one New Testament parable that Jesus gives with with another man named Lazarus. You guys probably remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Interest, different Lazarus, yeah. But interesting parable because it's the only parable that Jesus uses names, specific names. So it is interesting. Um, So there's not... Um, again, there's not a lot of detail, but this New Testament picture in this parable gives us some insight. And of course, we don't have really a lot of time to go into that too much, but I mentioned that parable because Jesus describes what would seem to be compartments in Sheol, a a place for the righteous, which is the side that we see Lazarus on, not the Lazarus that was Jesus' friend from Bethany, but the other, other Lazarus, the side that, the, that Lazarus was on was the side of the righteous, the place of comfort, a compartment there, and a place for the wicked, which is the side that the rich man was on in the story. They were, in this story, separated. Lazarus was being comforted, literally, it says, by Abraham's side, or the bosom of Abraham. There was comfort there, in those words, but that's what we're supposed to see. There was comfort, there was rest, in the promise of Abraham, the father of many nations. And the rich man was on the other side, and we have this little taste of what he was longing for. It says he was longing, asking for cool water to be touched on his tongue to relieve the thirst that he felt in the torment. So we have this picture of either side of this chasm, seemingly, in Sheol, one place for the, re- for the, for the righteous to be comforted and the other for the wicked. Now, this parable was not a teaching to describe the afterlife. Jesus didn't do this to describe the afterlife, so there's not a lot of detail, but it would seem consistent with Scripture and with what Jews believed in that time frame about the afterlife. And so another thing that you'll remember, just to kind of get us thinking about um, this place of comfort, was you'll remember the thief on the cross. Jesus told him, on this day you will be with me in paradise. So that's another word used for it. Um, Presumably, this is that place for the righteous who trusted in the Messiah prior to his resurrection because Jesus hadn't, he hadn't, died, he hadn't died and he definitely hadn't resurrected yet. And so he told this man before his resurrection would take place, he said, on this day you will be with me in paradise, a place of comfort, a place of rest. Apparently, beautiful enough and wonderful enough that Jesus would describe it as paradise. So what do we do with all of this? Um... It seems, now I, I want to say seems because as I'm trying to answer this question, I can't say anything definitively. It's just not possible. But it would seem that we could conclude based on these things that the four days that Lazarus, now we're talking about the Lazarus of Bethany, Jesus' friend, the four days that he was dead, 
he was in this place of comfort and rest or Abraham's bosom. We could go that way. Again, I don't know. Because that takes some interesting scenarios to think through him being in that place. But just follow me on that line of thought for a moment. He's there in that place of rest. Jesus comes along after traveling from a distance. He's already been in in the tomb for four days. He gets the news from from his sisters. He comes. They're freaked out. He tells the disciples, "Um, Lazarus is asleep. And they're like, well, if he's asleep, then what's the problem? He's like, well, actually, he's dead. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Uh, Why didn't you say it the first time? But it almost gives you a taste of what Jesus is thinking about as he's thinking about his death, he's, it's like, it's nothing. I'm going to just go wake him up, which is a really awesome part of the story. So he comes along, Jesus comes to the tomb, literally calls the name of Lazarus and his spirit, if we go with this scenario, his spirit returns to his earthly body again and he comes walking out of the tomb. The real part of Lazarus, because we believe that the biblical worldview is that the real you and me, Austin, is our spirit. We live in a tent, a body. It's temporary. These things will fade. They will, they will, be, they will turn to dust. Another possibility, though, is that his spirit never left his body, or went. He went, or never went into what would we we'd call the intermediate state. At that time, the intermediate state would have been the place of the of rest, the Abraham's bosom. I'm not advocating here for disembodied spirit. I'm not saying that Lazarus's spirit was just sort of hovering around and he was like some ghost. That's not what I'm saying here. Or I don't think he would have the classic out-of-body experience where he's just there and he's in his tomb. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, I feel like to answer this question, you have to leave enough mystery because it is a mystery because scripture just doesn't tell us. So I can't, I can't say it definitively. But we can follow those two lines of thought. Well, you can decide which, which you think is most likely based on Scripture and what you feel like you should be convinced of. One, one thing that's comforting is I know that God is able to do that. I would be more in line with saying that he went to the place of the dead and God brought his spirit back to be reunited with his earthly body. It's interesting also to note that this is not true and genuine resurrection like we're going to experience. This is literally just raising the dead. There's a difference between Christ's resurrection and Lazarus's resurrection. Christ's resur- resurrection, it, it concluded in him having a new body, not his old body, a new body, a heavenly body like we're going to have when we're resurrected. That's not what Lazarus experienced. So there is a difference. God brought the spirit of Lazarus back to his earthly tent, re- reunited them somehow, and Lazarus comes walking out of the grave. Awesome. God is able to do that. He has the power of life and death. Scripture tells us that. He can do what he desires. He can reunite the spirit of a person with their body if he chooses to do so. How this actually works, nobody can be certain. In terms of operating tables, uh, it's interesting to try to line these up. Um, Stories of people coming back to life. These are apparently pretty common all over the world. If you Google this, you'll find medical journals talking about how most of them go unreported. They don't document them as much as they happen, is what they're guessing. It actually happens all over the world. Believe it or not, there is a phenomenon in the medical world recorded in journals, and guess what it's called? It's called the Lazarus phenomenon. <laughs> I have no joke. There's a, there's a medical, more scientific term. It's like spontaneous resuscitation. 
Um, but they call it the Lazarus phenomenon. Isn't that awesome? Like they're just like, well, we'll, we'll call it the Lazarus phenomenon, but we still believe in evolution. Um, anyway, the difference between this and what often is reported today is that Lazarus doesn't come out of the grave making any claim of going anywhere. We don't have, his, his story pretty much just ends and becomes the, the, the tipping point for Jesus' arrest and ultimately his death. Like the fact that he's around, going around raising the dead, these guys are like, We're not, we can't have this, it's too much trouble. Um, you know, the longest recorded death on an operating table that I could find was 17 hours. Yeah. A woman had died. Um, her pastor and friends were all around praying. She had no sign of neuro- neuro- uh, neurological activity. Brainwaves were gone. Heart was stopped. 17 hours. They called it quits. The family was like going home and the doctor called and said, she's living again. She has a heartbeat. I don't know if this woman comes back with the stories of going to heaven or anywhere, but it is interesting because that was the question that Kayla asked. What's the difference between that and, and these others that come back and have these stories of going to heaven or hell? Um, I think most of those are bogus. I really do. We don't have Paul the Apostle goes to heaven and he says, I can't even tell you what I heard because it was too holy and too wonderful. Lazarus did die, was dead for four days. Jesus brings him back to life and he has no stories to tell. He doesn't, and if it was so important, you would think Jesus would say, hey, tell your story. Let's have a book of Lazarus, you know, or something like that. But that's not what happened. Um, and yet, you have all these stories that become best-selling books of people that are basically glorifying themselves and making no mention of faith in the gospel or the exclusivity of Christ or all these things that are the most important that you'd think if somebody went to the actual heavens and they saw Jesus and then they came back, they would come back with the clearest representation of the gospel and how to get there, but they don't. They don't come back with this clear substitutionary atonement. Nobody's coming back talking about the, the, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and that you must put your faith in him. And it's just simple. Nobody does that, but that's what we find in scripture. So I think most of those are bogus. Um, so you kind of have to determine for yourself what you think happened to Lazarus. We don't know, so we can't give a solid answer. Um, but here's what's awesome. In uh, John eleven forty, where you find the story of Lazarus, here's what Jesus says. He's telling Martha and Mary. He says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? The purpose of Lazarus's coming back to life, why Jesus did everything he did, was for the glory of God. And so when we're looking at these stories, you're hearing about these uh, spontaneous resuscitations or Lazarus phenomenons, we are supposed to give glory to God um, for anything that happens. And so much so we need to believe in the glory of God that we do that even when resurrection doesn't happen, even when healing doesn't happen, that we give glory to God. Because there are times where, well, guess what? Lazarus does go on to die someday. This was just a prolonged existence. In this chapter, Jesus says, I am the resurrection of life. He who believes in me will never die. So that's, that's faith in a God who is able to bring not just earthly resuscitation or revitalization, but ultimate resurrected life later in, in the future that allows us to live eternally with God in the, in the new heavens and the new earth with perfectly complete bodies. So many things that we got to talk about. This is, there's so many avenues when you answer one question, but hopefully that just, one, helps you to think about it. Um, we have places in the Old Testament that talk about the places of the dead. There's two compartments, um, place for, the comf- for those to be comforted who were 
resting in Christ, the future coming of Christ, and for those who were the wicked, they were separated. Um, seems that if Lazarus were to go anywhere, he would have gone to the place of comfort, the Abraham's bosom. Um, what's awesome is later, after he dies, Christ was resurrected already, and so Lazarus would have had a completely different experience at his second death experience. He would have gone to be in the presence of the Lord, because Christ had already ascended and led captivity captive and set people free, and so... What an awesome God. Yeah. That's good stuff. I was just, when you were going, talking about just that specific uh, with, with Lazarus, I was thinking, man, if he was in, because uh, it's, called, it's called Abraham's bosom. Yep. Um, just, he's there hanging. I don't know if he'd be hanging out with Abraham or like, I don't know if God <laughs> would be present, but it's just like, imagine being there for four days and someone come up to him. It's like, yeah, you got you to gotta go back to your body. You can't stay here. Jesus is calling you back. <laughs> He's probably thinking, well, wait, wait. Wasn't my body, isn't it rotting? Like, are you going to do something about that? <laughs> isn't it wrapped he, up in He must cloth? have healed him. He must have healed him completely to know where he could come out and at least live a life and not look like death had overtaken him. Right. Um, I, I, that's, that's the assumption. But, yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome story, though. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That was a great question, Kayla. Thank you for asking that follow-up. Yes. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this this episode and you have a question you like Pastor Joel to answer, um, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you text us your question to two zero seven seven nine zero one nine five five, and we'll answer your questions in in future episodes. And and also, like I said at the beginning, if you if you have a if you have a new better intro <laughs> um, that you'd like to hear, help us out. Yeah, help us out. Also, text us that. Um, we hope you were blessed by today's episode, and if you were, we'd love for you to continue to check out episodes like these. And so to stay connected with us, hit the follow or the subscri- yeah, the subscribe button at the top <laughs> of our page. Um, and also make sure to give us a review, as it helps us out a lot with getting our Christ-centered content out on these platforms. But that's all we have for today. We hope you have a blessed week and a blessed weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the New City Church podcast. For more content from New City Church, check us out on any of the major podcasting platforms. Or if you want to find our gathering times, location, or any other information about New City, check out our website at www.bathnewcity.church. We hope to have you join us next episode.